Hello and welcome to the Oasis Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Matthew 28, verse 1 to 10. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for, Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, he has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the woman hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, then they will see me. really good to be with you if you don't know me. My name is Adrian um, and it is an incredible privilege to get us to just look at Jesus. Uh, I don't want you to remember me really. I'd really love you to encounter Jesus this morning. I want to say a massive thank you to Amber for reading. Uh, It's so good just having scripture read over us and yeah a big welcome. If you're online joining us it's just really good that you're with us. If you're in the room, um, really good to have everyone downstairs, really good to have everyone upstairs. Um, yeah, welcome all friends and family of Vince and Debbie. It's just really good to share today with you. Um, if you're a regular here at Oasis, if Oasis is home, you'll kind of know that we're in a series that we paused uh, over Easter uh, where we've been looking at the Apostles' Creed and we're going to continue with our pause as we just felt it was like a moment to just linger around the resurrection stories of Jesus, to allow the wonder of who Jesus is, the resurrected risen one, to just fill our gaze again. And as a church, we're kind of living this year of kind of seeking to encourage one another with a question of just saying, like, how are you doing living centered on Jesus? And so we're trying to spur one another on to live lives that are increasingly centered, orbiting, around the wonder of who Jesus is. And we're going to get to look at this amazing story that Amber read out to us and see how it begins to fuel that call and invitation to live our life centered on Jesus. You see, if you wouldn't call Oasis home, maybe you are a follower of Jesus. And Fuel Our Hope today just provides a moment where it allows Jesus to fill more of your gaze. Maybe you've come around today and you're on a journey at the moment around us, like seeking to find out who Jesus is. Or maybe you've just come thinking, I heard there was some free food at the end, and all I've got to do is endure this bit, and I get some cake. Like, if you're in that camp, I'd just say, maybe through these moments, through the next few minutes, you're going to get to see something of the wonder of who Jesus is, and cause you to start to ask some questions of, what does that therefore mean for me? What it mean for me to center more of my being on who Jesus is? 
And so I want us to look at this story of the two Marys um, going to the tomb. It's just this amazing story. I love the Marys. You're going to hear me refer to them as the Marys, as that's who they were. And I think they're just this beautiful, wonderful example of what it is to follow Jesus. Uh, the more I've kind of meditated, contemplated the story around Jesus' death and resurrection, the more I've been kind of wondering at uh, who the Marys are and just how they live and how they're present, quietly present at each of the moments, not running away like the disciples, but, but just present, like just seeking to just still hope, even the moments, moments of deep mourning. And I, I therefore, it's a joy to kind of get to look at them. And I want us to look at this story of the, the Marys encountering the risen Jesus through a sense of uh, looking and, and, and getting to discover it's about seeing and savoring. That's what I want us to see today is that through the story of the Marys, we see that they see Jesus and they savor Jesus. You see, the, the Marys kind of arrive um, at the tomb in this state of deep mourning. The one that they loved, they'd seen die and they'd seen buried. And out of their devotion and love, they'd come to look at the tomb and hoping to come and do some more preparations. If you look at the other accounts of the body as it had been rushed into the tomb. And as they go, they, you discover that they start the story in kind of deep mourning and end it in deep joy. And it's because of encounters, it's because of an encounter with an angel. Like they meet this angel at the tomb who announces, hey, the one you've come to see, Jesus, isn't here. He's risen. At this point, their hearts are starting to think, like, what is going on here? And the angel then rolls the stone back. Now, at this point, what you've got to understand is the angel wasn't rolling the stone in order that Jesus could come out. He was rolling the stone in order to invite the Marys to go in. Because he wanted them to go in and see and tell the story that Jesus' body is not there. Jesus has risen from the dead. And so the Marys go in and look and discover there is nothing in there. This tomb that had been the place and resting place of Jesus' body is now just empty. And that emptiness brings a sense of expectation, brings a sense of hope. And you find that the Marys leave that tomb with the angels saying, like, go and tell Jesus' friends, his disciples, to go and meet him in Galilee. As he had told them, he would meet them. And so they leave, and you find that they're filled with that sense of joy and fear. Like, I don't know if you've had that feeling of, like, anticipation and excitement. You can't hold it in. You're like, man, this is going to happen. I don't know what it is. The event, the person you're meeting, the kind of gift that you're receiving. And there's this thing of, like, I think this is going to be the thing that I've been wanting. And you can't help but just be bubbling away. And it's like this mixture of joy and also, like, this sense of not fear but kind of awe of, like, expectation. And the Marys are filled with that. And then they encounter one who causes the angel encounter, the empty tomb encounter, to just kind of melt away into the background as they meet Jesus, the risen and resurrected one. And that changes everything. It changes everything for them. It causes them in that moment, if you read the story, it's like this pace. You see them running from the tomb. 
And then it kind of slows down as they meet Jesus. And it's like they're meeting him, and in meeting him, they can't help but just hit the pause button. I say, we're not going to keep going from this point. Oh, hi, Jesus. We're on our way to tell everyone to meet you. No, no. It's like, stop in your tracks. Jesus is here. And they see him and they savor him. They don't want to rush away. They want to meet with him. And here's the beauty. As Vince started off this morning, that, that's Jesus' invitation to you here now. Like whether you're sat at home in your lounge, whether you're up in the balcony, whether you're downstairs, is that Jesus is longing for you and I to see him afresh. Maybe to see him for the first time, that he comes by his Holy Spirit and wants to reveal himself through the words of the Bible to us. Therefore, I want us to see and I want us to savor. So let's start with seeing. Verse Nine, it says this, suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. Greetings. Like, do you say that when you meet someone? Greetings. I don't say that. What I say is, hello, friends. Hello, friends. That's what Jesus was conveying. When Jesus steps in, and calls to the Marys. He's saying, hello, friends. Like the warmth of his greeting, his speaking, is one of deep and profound friendship and familiarity. And we could rush to kind of look at Mary's response, but I don't want to look at the Mary's response at the moment. I just want us to see Jesus. You see, this Jesus that speaks to the Marys with deep, profound warmth and familiarity is one in that moment who begins to change everything about how they're seeing things. You see, suddenly despair has gone. Mourning is lifting, joy is increasing, hope is being restored because the promise is being revealed as Jesus is stood there saying, greeting. And in the same way, like Jesus wants us to see him. And the Holy Spirit is longing to reveal more of who Jesus is to you and to me. See, there's this Amazing moment in a letter to a church in Colossae written by Paul, where he puts in like an ancient song that the first believers of Jesus used to sing. And you can read it. And the problem is when we read it, we kind of think, well, how does that flow? And I kind of like looking at it because what it does is it, in this song, this poem, it reveals what it's like to look at Jesus And if it's right, I'd love to read it over you and to read it over me as I just love contemplating. I love allowing it to show what it's like to look at Jesus. And what I'm going to do is read it through the message paraphrase. Why I'm going to use that is because I think the words that Peterson uses allow the poetry to come alive within the verse. So let me read it over us. Colossians 1, verses 15 to 20. We look at this son and see the God who cannot be seen. We look at this sun and see God's original purpose in everything created. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything 
got started in him and finds its purpose in him. He was there before any of it came into existence and holds it all together right up to this moment. And when it comes to the church, he organizes and holds it together like a head does a body. You see, he was supreme in the beginning and leading the resurrection parade, he is supreme in the end. From beginning to end, he's there, towering far above everything, everyone. So spacious is he, so expansive that everything of God finds its proper place in him without crowding. Not only that, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things, animals and atoms, get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies, all because of his death, his blood, that poured down from the cross. Wow. Like, what a song, what a poem. Like, as you hear the words, it begins to allow us to say, oh, that's what it's like to see him? Do we see him? Do we see the wonder and the beauty and the magnitude of the risen Jesus? See, what Paul is penning of this song that was there is... To see Jesus is to see one who reveals God. And you want to know what God's like? Read the accounts of Jesus' life. It's to see one who sustains all, who gives purpose to all, who enables us to belong. Like as humans, we're created to belong. And we search for belonging. And it's in Jesus that we finally know that we truly belong. That he has the first and final word, that he's one who will cause us to be resurrected as he is. He will restore all. He will restore you and he's going to restore me. Oh, and he is powerful and he is enough. I don't know who you think Jesus is but that's some of who Jesus is. Some of who is the one that we then get to look at, gaze upon and see. Do you see him? Because the invitation to see him is an invitation to continuously go about our days, a daily invitation to see him more. Like it's not like, oh yeah, I saw him once and I could see the wonder of who he is, and then I got on with my life. No, no, it's a daily invitation, moment by moment, to encounter the risen Jesus and allow him to fill more of our gaze. So much so that it's an invitation that we are to continually live with until one day we finally meet him face to face. And I've had the privilege of following Jesus for a number of decades. And I tell you what, with every day, his beauty, his magnitude become more real to me. And I know there's still more to know. I still know there's still more to see. And so I gaze and look and wonder at one day I'll see him face to face and be filled with the wonder of who he is. And I love this account that C.S. Lewis brings in uh, his Chronicles of Narnia. I don't know if you've read those series. And my favorite of the series is the last book, The Last Battle. For some bizarre reason, people say they're kids' books. They're not kids' books. They're profound books that reveal the wonder of who God is. 
and who Jesus is, who the Spirit is, who the Father is as God. And in it, in the last battle, there's this moment where all the heroes, heroines of the story are finally in this new heaven on a new earth, and God's there. And they're just overwhelmed by everything that they're seeing, just the beauty, the magnitude, the colors that are beyond description. And continuously, there's this invitation to go further up and further in. And it's just this continual voice, further up, further in, further up, further in. And they keep racing with increasing pace through this new land until they get to this moment. And I just want to read this moment. And in it, what we find is Jesus is revealed through the wonder of this character called Aslan, who's a lion. And Lucy, who's a bit like the Marys, encounters him. It says this, the light ahead was growing stronger. Lucy saw that a great series of many colored cliffs led up in front of them like a giant staircase. And then she forgot everything because Aslan himself was coming, leaping down from cliff to cliff, like a living cataract of power and beauty. I don't know what you've settled for, but Jesus is the most beautiful, wonderful, magnificent, awesome, powerful being that we'll ever encounter. And one day, we will meet him face to face, and everything else will pale into insignificance. See, as we see him, we're then to savor him. The Marys did that. They were seeking not only to see, but it impacted how they lived. You find their savoring in verse 9 to 10. It says, they came to him, Jesus, clasped his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. We live in a society where everything's about the next thing. Like the next experience to run after, the next goal to achieve. And the danger is like, We're so busy rushing to the next thing, we miss the thing that's in front of us. And that's like where the language of savoring comes from. Like savoring is that moment where you suddenly stop and you hit the pause button and you think, hey, how can I take in the wonder of this moment? I I don't know if you can think of them. Do you think of those moments where you just think, like, I I can't believe this. And I don't know, for me, I kind of take a mental picture. We've somehow with phones, like thought, I know, quickly capture everything, capture food, capture, 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 Uh, cloud, capture, capture, capture. And we're so busy trying to capture everything on our phone that we forget that we're trying to capture it in our being. And so for sometimes I'll just take moments and just think, I need to savor this. I can think of moments through my life, key events. I can think of other moments. I can think of last year, like walking through the Lake District with my kids and Lucy, my wife, and we're there and we, we're rubbish at map reading. We've come to terms with that. We get lost. And so then we just decide, well, we're going to get lost. Let's just go and get lost. That's, that's what we do. So uh, the youngest, like, leads the way. 
to us being lost and we enter a forest and some way in, as we're lost, not knowing where we are, it starts to absolutely chuck it down with rain. And within 30 seconds, each of us having come unprepared because it's us, none of us have got coats, our two tiny dogs are there just shivering away. And I look and I just think, this is amazing. Like this brings me joy as I see each of us just laughing, knowing we have no clue where we are, no one knows where we are, and we're absolutely soaking wet. And in that moment, I didn't pull out my phone and take a photo. No, in that moment, I just used all of my senses to take it in, to just put my feet on the floor and say, I'm physically present, to take in the smells of the fern in the rain, to take in the noise of the rain and the laughter. There were going to be tears a bit later, but in this moment, <laughs> the laughter, smelling, tasting, hearing, seeing, touching. And I savored it. Why? Because I was present in that moment. And that's what Jesus invites us to. As we see him, savor. Don't rush. That's what the Marys did. That's so amazing. Do you see what they did? They, they didn't like go, oh, hello. And they went, they pushed in. They didn't just pause and just gaze, they took action. You see, we find that they draw near. There's a drawing near that they do. They don't just rush off, they get closer. They don't stand aloof going, oh, it's Jesus. No, they, they can't help but push towards him. That's what it does. When you see Jesus... It should cause us to move towards him. As I said, I became a follower of Jesus when I was 14, nearly 50 next year. And each day, each week, each month, each year, it's this amazing journey of just drawing nearer to him. That's the invitation. As we see him, we savor him by drawing near to him. Here's the deal that Jesus is one, that as we draw near to him, as James puts it, God draws near to us. Jesus draws near to us. Jesus doesn't ever push us away. For some of us, we need to hear that. We think, yeah, but if, if you knew me, if you knew my story, you'd know that like Jesus wouldn't want something to do with me. No, no, Jesus loves you. As you see him, as you move towards him, you suddenly realize he was always close with you and he holds you. You see, Jesus like, has this profound moment in Matthew 11 where he says, like, what is it like? Well, well, come to me, all you who are weary, heavy burdened, and find rest. Are you weary? Are you carrying burdens of stuff you've done, things that have been done to you? Come, come to him. Draw near to him. But the Marys don't only just draw near, they're also, we find, clasping his feet. There's this moment, this sign of reverence, this humbling themselves as they see the wonder of who Jesus is, they can't help but fall at his feet. We too need to do that. 
as we see the wonder of who Jesus is, that we fall at his feet and say, your way, not mine. Your kingdom, not my reputation. Your strength, your strong, I am weak. You're the one I put at the center, not anything or anyone else. And then they worship him. They can't help it. In seeing and savoring him, in drawing near to him, in clasping his feet, of humbling themselves, saying, you at the center and no one and nothing else, it just leads them to say, then our lives now, it's just all going to be about you, giving you the glory. Worship is this banner word that we use to say, actually, it's about what I give my heart to, the core of my being to. Every single one of us in this room and online is worshiping something. I promise you that. There's something, someone that is at the very center of everything else that we say, yeah, that, that's the thing that shapes everything else, if we were honest. And for the Marys, and for those of us who are following Jesus, it's saying, yeah, I, I want you. I want the whole of my life to be about worshiping you, about loving you, Jesus, in my words, in my songs, in my actions, in my thoughts. And doesn't that make a difference to tomorrow morning? I don't know what you do with your day-to-day -day existence, but I tell you what I do. In everything, it's a moment to love Jesus. Through the way I speak to people, the way I think, the way I act. But it can't stay here. See, this savoring of Jesus ultimately leads the Marys to a moment of sharing. Jesus is like, it's great you're here with me, but we can't stay here forever. You need to go. You need to go and share the wonderful news of what you've experienced, what you've known with my friends, my disciples. Tell them, go to Galilee. I'm going to meet with them too. Same is true for us. That as we see Jesus, as we savor him, drawing near, clasping his feet, worshiping, it causes us then to be those that say, hey, with all I've known and experienced, how can I not go around and share the wonder of the risen Jesus with others? That as I've tasted and seen, I call and cause others to taste and see that he is good and to join me in seeing him and savoring him. Therefore, we end this morning with an invitation to see and savor. I'm going to ask the band just to come back because I'm going to get them to lead us in a song of response in a moment. See, the invitation to see and savor is a daily invitation. It's a daily invitation of seeing the risen Jesus. My encouragement for those who are regulars and oasis, this is our language, is pausing. It's pausing daily to allow the wonder of who Jesus is to fill our gaze. As we read scripture, as we allow the Holy Spirit to reveal more of Jesus, as we go on with our life and our day-to-day -day existence of allowing Jesus to reveal himself through the interactions we have. And that as we see him, it's then that invitation to savor him. And in this moment, I want to 
invite you to just take like 30 seconds and just to consider, and we're going to sing as a response, how is it that you're going to respond in savoring Jesus in the wonder of the one we see? Is it drawing near? Do you need to move towards Jesus? Maybe there's just this thing that's been there, you thought, actually, surely not me. And today it's saying, I'm gonna take the rest, Jesus. I move towards you. Is it clasping his feet? Clasping his feet is about surrender. It's about saying, your way, not mine. As I was praying about today, I just felt like for some of us, we just know this is a moment of repentance where we just realize that there's areas of our lives where we've just been going our way, not Jesus' way. And repentance is saying, actually, no, I'm not gonna go my way anymore. I'm going your way. And it's saying, Jesus, you have it all, all of my life. Is it in terms of worship, of a perspective of everything of our lives is all about loving him? Or maybe it's about sharing. Maybe it's thinking daily, Jesus, who is it you're bringing across my path today to share the wonder of what I've tasted and seen? Jesus, we just come in surrender before you and just say that when we see you, we realize that everything else pales into insignificance compared to you. And that Jesus, we just come and we kneel before you and say we want increasingly our lives to be those that just revolve around you, that orbit only you. And that Jesus, as we live this way, we want, therefore, us to be those that then call and cause others to see the wonder of you. Jesus, we just come and we surrender all to you. And just pray as we surrender all, I pray would you come and would you cause us to taste, to see, to savour just the wonder of who you are. For your glory, Jesus. Amen.